Hey, SEC fans, today's show is sponsored by Homefield. Homefield makes the most comfortable vintage college apparel. There's 90 plus schools available, and they're adding schools all the time. Coming up this weekend, Homefield plans to release some Mizzou gear. If you're a Mizzou fan, check out homefieldapparel.com where they'll have some fresh Mizzou gear this weekend. Show some school spirit for your favorite teams or alma mater. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use code SEC for 25% off your first purchase. College football is back. That's homefieldapparel.com and use code SEC for 20% off your first purchase today. Hello and welcome. It's Thursday and that means... You'll hear me, David Ubbin, your host again on Football and Grits. On Thursdays, you'll also hear my co-host, Mitch Light. Mitch uh, has covered college football for Athlon.com for a long time, and he has joined our uh, athletic staff last year. Mitch, I hadn't had a chance to meet you in person until uh, January at the AFCA Coaches Football Convention. I was down there in Nashville, drove over to, uh, what is it? what is the area called uh, over there? Uh, Hillsborough Village, Hillsborough, right, yes. basically right next to Vanderbilt. And Pancake a, a Pantry, great little coffee, elite place. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Fido, uh, a great local spot uh, in Nashville that unfortunately I haven't been to in about six months because nobody Yeah, that anymore. meeting in January was uh, only four or five years ago. So, uh, But Mitch is great. You will like him. He also owns a pellet grill. We have a couple of pellet grill bros on this podcast. Uh, so football and grits and also smoking meat uh, will be uh, possibly yes. crossed over. Mitch, the best thing you smoked all uh, all off season. Uh, you know what? My my favorite has been turkey, which is surprising. Now I, I like ribs more. I like brisket more. But the the quality, the difference between like a turkey breast in the oven versus on the grill, that it's so much better. Like you can do ribs in the oven; they're not as good, but they're still ribs. They're good. But I have found a perfect recipe, a formula for smoked turkey on the pellet. Fantastic. Grill. Well, you can hear Mitch every Thursday and myself. We got a loaded show today. Uh, talking a little bit of LSU, talking a little bit of uh, Auburn, Kentucky, a huge game. Uh, taking a look at Florida and Ole Miss. The lane train starting to shovel a little bit of coal in there. And, of course, uh, plenty more on the show. Uh, Things that maybe we're not looking at uh, closely enough as the season kicks off. So let's start Auburn, Kentucky. We mentioned this briefly on Monday's show, but this is a huge game because you have Auburn who you feel like maybe they're knocking on the door of a breakthrough but the offensive line was an issue last year. And if Bo Nix is going to take this leap and become this uh, you know, Heisman-caliber quarterback, where we kind of saw flashes of it a little bit, but you never really know from that freshman to sophomore year, the offensive line has got to be uh, better in front of him. Nick Brahms, the only returning starter, you know, all-name teamer, Brodarius Ham, about to be uh, knocking on the door there. But Auburn's entire season hinges on these guys, and we'll get a sense, our first real look at a, a rebooted group against Kentucky. What do you make of that group, and what do you make of Auburn this year, Mitch? Yeah, I always say that Auburn is the most 
schizophrenic program in college football. Just from doing this for years at Athlon Sports, where we make our predictions, we made our predictions. You just, you know, it's such a cliche, but you never knew what to expect. And I, I'd have to look this up, but it seems like Auburn, it's either, the last few years, it's either like the whole offensive line's back or the whole offensive line's gone. <laughs> it's been a lot of remodeling Hockey there. shifts, so, yeah. Um, you know, Bo Nix, we kind of fell in love with him last year early, which we do with true freshmen, but it really didn't have that great of a year. So, I, I mean, I think the offensive line's important, David, but he also needs to make that leap, which you know you're suggesting he needs to make there. So I, that's obviously a storyline. And ordinarily, I know they played Oregon last year, but maybe they'd have a chance to with this offensive line to kind of work its way in. But they're going, they're playing Kentucky, very physical, very good Kentucky team that I know we're going to talk more about. So uh, the, people seem to have spotlighted this as the game to watch in Week One, potential upset, obviously with Kentucky. Yeah, I think uh, you know Kentucky can really make a splash. And also, Auburn can make a splash for the wrong kind of reasons. I mean, I think if Auburn loses this game, they're going to have a, a, a lot of detractors and sort of, you know, this idea that, well, I, I guess Auburn, you know, is, is not going to be, uh, you know, the, the team that we saw in the Iron Bowl. They're going to be a little bit more of the team that, that you know, had a lot of questions and ended up in the, in the Outback Bowl last year. And uh, this is um, a huge game. Um, elsewhere in the SEC, LSU is back. Sort of, a lot of new faces, but there's one face that you know plenty of college football fans and, and SEC fans, at least the the longtime SEC fans, will certainly recognize Bo Pelini back at LSU. Uh, what do you make of, of the Tigers right now, and 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 what what are we going to learn about them this week? Yeah, it's crazy how this offseason has gone. Normally, having Bo Pelini back in the SEC would only be one of the big storylines in college football, which we're not really talking about it. And this is an interesting note that in, in Brody Miller, our LSU writer, a couple weeks ha- had this in his story. You know, Edo gets the job a few years ago. A lot of fans weren't in his corner, and he kind of had to prove himself. And one of his selling points was, I've got this this all-star coordinator Dave Aranda making all this money, one of the most proven coordinators. Well, you know, they they really didn't always see eye-to-eye on things. Their defensive numbers weren't great last year. I know a lot of that had to do because the offense was so good and there was some garbage time and all that. But uh, Edo's been saying that the defense looks better now than it has at any point in recent years and kind of taking some shots at Dave Aranda. And Bo Pelini's his guy. And and you kind of be careful what you wish for sometimes because there's, there's not not that LSU has detractors. There's just that there's so many losses, personnel, both sides of the ball, and the coaching staff. I don't know how they remain a top five team. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it's a solid top ten team this year. But David, I just think they have too many losses to legitimately compete for a national. Team. How much you think that chaps uh, Edo a little bit that? You know, they win the national championship and they come back, but he loses Joe Burrow, he loses Joe Brady, and all you sort of hear this still, ah, uh, well, they lost their sort of secret weapons and Dave Aranda, so now they're going to go back to being, you know, 9-4 and four and have all this talent and, and not do that much with it, uh, like we saw far too often in the Les Miles era. Uh, how do you feel like Edo sort of sees that, that conversation as, as those are things that are being said about LSU this offseason? Yeah, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's had to prove himself his entire career. Weird for a defending uh, national LSU champion. Fans. <laughs> yeah, he, he won a national championship with arguably the best team in college football yes. history, and here he is one year later. There's people like us, you know, kind of detractors. Now, I, I'm sold on Edo as a head coach. I mean, how can you not be? He's He, he proved it last year, but I think these, these discussions are inevitable if they – 
we it's weird how we we think of records like eight and four, nine and four. Well, you can't do that this year because there's there's ten games. So let's say they go seven and three, or, or God forbid, six and four. There's going to people saying be saying that, but they're recruiting at such a high level that I, I even if it's a, a step back this year, I think it's going to be a one year blip. I would expect them 2021 going forward to be back in that national title discussion. That's the good thing about being at LSU is your your floor for, is so high because you're consistently recruiting talent. It's hard to not have a top ten class at LSU, uh, and and they've had plenty of them, and I think that's you know. That's sort of the the good news, big picture for LSU. I, I do think they take somewhat of a step back this year. I picked them fourth in the West in part because I think the top of that West is so strong. I mean, all four of those teams might still be top 15 teams, uh, but we'll see how that shakes out. You know, elsewhere in the SEC, Florida, Ole Miss, the uh, opening salvos of the lane train and then, of course, uh, Florida trying to continue their ascent and, and prove that they're a real challenger uh, for Georgia in the East, what what are you looking for in this game? What are we going to learn about Florida and Ole Miss when they tangle? I, this is this is my favorite game of the weekend. I know Kentucky Auburn's stealing a lot of the headlines, and I think the, the game that you're going to be following closely, Tennessee South Carolina, is maybe the the biggest game for both teams as far as a swing game. But I think Florida, you know, lots a lot of expectations at Florida. Uh, I think they can win the SEC East. I think Georgia has a more talented overall roster, but I, I'll pick Florida. But they need to run the ball better. They did not do so last year. Their numbers weren't great. Now their offensive line's almost all back, but it wasn't a very good run-blocking offensive line. They lose their top three wide receivers, so there's more pressure on that running game. Kyle Trask is back, and I, Kyle Trask's numbers were really good last year, but uh, Alan Taylor had this, our Florida writer had this in his stats story the other day. Pro Football Focus, and you know you can you can like those stats or not like those stats, but they had him as the 48th ranked quarterback in college football last year, which surprised me with his numbers. So a lot of the advanced stats didn't favor him. So Ken, the job is 100% his. We'll see. Emory Jones will see some of him, but can Kyle Trask continue that? And if they can complement that with a running game, that offense is going to be really good. And from the Ole Miss standpoint, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what they look like offensively because they were they were one of the most fun team to watch last year. John Rice Plumley was was great, really electric with the ball in his hands running, but his numbers against SEC teams passing the ball under 50% completion, they need to find a passing game. So, I you know, Lane Kiffin's always – a coach to watch, but I'm kind of fascinated to see what they do offensively. Can they get a passing game? Will it be Matt Corral to compliment John Rice Plumlee? With so many, you know, this is really a nightmare season to be a first-year uh, coach anywhere. Um, but we've seen that, you know, there's four in the SEC. Lane Kiffin, he's been a head coach, what, you know, three other places, uh, USC, Tennessee, and then, of course, Ford Atlantic. Back in the SEC, how much do you think he has something of a leg up over the Sam Pittmans, the uh, Mike Leeches, and the Eli Drinkwitzes, um, having a little bit more head coaching experience and been in the league as well? Do you feel like that's going to be a factor when you have so many challenges as a first-year head coach, and, and does that show up on week one? Yeah, probably. I, I think that's fair to say. But, you know, a guy like Sam Pittman's been in the league for so long, but, you know, he's never even been a coordinator. He's been just a position coach. There's so many other things that go with being a head coach from Monday through Friday, and then Saturday's a, an entirely different animal. So I, I think from a comfort level, there's no doubt that Lane Kiffin's probably sleeping a little bit better this week than guys like Eli Drinkwitz, who has to play the University of Alabama this week. So um, no, no doubt that he's he's 
probably a little bit more comfortable. But I think once the season gets going, I, I don't know the fact that he's been a three-time head coach before uh, will matter as much once we get going. Mm-hmm. Across the SEC, uh, several different places, we, we've patience is being tested, Mitch. Patience is being tested. We are in the SEC. In the SEC, patience? I know. Uh, usually, one of the most patient leagues. Uh, but you have Joey Gatewood at Kentucky. You have Cade Mays at Tennessee. You have Otis Reese um, as well. Waiting to see if they're going to be able to play this year. We're a couple days out from the season, and they still don't know. Well, all of those schools have been pretty optimistic for most of the time that, no, these guys are going to be able to play. Greg Sankey hasn't said much. He went on Birmingham Radio on Wednesday, talked a little bit about it, and basically said he feels like the SEC's policy is appropriate. Now, I think a lot of people didn't realize the SEC does have, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a loophole, I guess it's just a bylaw that they installed in 2018 that allows for interconference transfers to be eligible if they're a grad transfer. No such sort of loophole exists um, for regular four-year transfers to be immediately eligible. Now, this is going to impact a lot of people's seasons. This is going to, I'm, cert- I'm sure, make a lot of people angry, probably either way. Um, you know, from, from Georgia's perspective, they had a five-star on their offensive line. Now he's going to be playing for Tennessee. If he's playing immediately, there are certainly people around Georgia that feel like, well, this is not fair. Uh, and then there's people from Tennessee that's saying, this year eligibility doesn't even count. You're not going to let this kid play. Joey Gatewood, of course, hugely influential uh, in, in how Kentucky's season goes. What did you make of, of Greg Sankey's comments this week, saying it was, you feel like the policy was appropriate, and, and do you feel like, you know, some of the, the the cold water that he's thrown on this situation is going to mean that, that these outcomes that people have kind of long assumed are not going to be the outcomes that they get? Yeah, I was a little surprised by it, and uh, especially because word comes down that their waivers are uh, approved by the NCAA. So I think the, the, the common fan sees that on Twitter. You're you're a Tennessee fan, and you're celebrating that, hey, Cade Mays is eligible. Well, not so fast. Uh, there's another huge step, and um, it, it's it's a strange time because so many waivers are being approved in you know, college basketball, football. You look across, everyone's getting, being granted immediate eligibility. you got the, obviously, with all the COVID-19 stuff going on, it's everything's very athlete-friendly, so you just expect uh, these waivers to be granted. But again, Sankey said, we, we believe in this rule. We have this rule for a reason. And you know, Cade Mays is a big one because, like, for the reasons you mentioned, he's a very good off. He's a great offensive lineman. Plug him in to to a, what what should be a really good offensive line. Gatewood's the one that's really got to get Kentucky's staff frustrated because, you know, Terry Wilson is got hurt last year. He's coming back. He's you know we we didn't see enough of him two years ago. He wasn't great two years ago. Um, c- can he be a high level SEC quarterback? We don't know. We think Gatewood can be, but how how much can you really prepare him as a staff when you don't know his eligibility status? So even if he's granted immediate eligibility tomorrow and can play, my guess is we won't see uh, a ton of him. And and one thing that uh, you kind of mentioned before we got on the pod is these schools have been playing the PR game. They they've kind of been telling everyone, oh, w- w- this is a done deal. We expect this to happen and it's kind of created that all, all the fans are getting riled up which will make them even more upset if they don't get ruled immediately eligible. and i think too listen I, I understand the anger and i think too you know jerry pruitt talked about this on wednesday that it's not fair that coaches get to leave and and be they don't have to sit out a year before they coach somewhere else in the conference or wherever and, and players don't but 
Greg Sankey didn't make these rules. Greg Sankey is a lot like the NCAA in that people may want to demonize him on these, but the schools are the ones that write these rules. If all 12 schools or a majority of schools came to Greg Sankey or, you know, or they said, we want to change these rules, guess what? Those rules are going to be changed. Greg Sankey's not the one standing in the way. Greg Sankey might have to interpret or might have to enforce the rules, but he didn't make them. The schools are the ones that put these limitations. So the people can get mad, and I, I've, you know, I feel bad for Greg Sankey a little bit here in that if he if he ends up denying some of these, he's going to catch a ton of heat, and he's going to get blamed for all this, and he's interpreting the rules. He's not making the rules. And that I feel like people should pay attention to and think about and say, hey, maybe we should be building a, a coalition in the conference to say, hey, this is probably not right, or if you have a compelling reason, or you know, the one free tree tra- or the one free uh, transfer is coming eventually. It is not coming this year, uh, and the SEC is going to have to figure that out and, and reckon with this. But uh, you know, people ought to brace themselves. But this is um, this could be an ugly couple days for the SEC. Yeah, like what if you, what if you're Joey Gatewood and this the, the one free transfer gets enacted? I'm just making up a date in March. And you had to sit out this year. I think the third time, because he redshirted, I believe, I right? Believe so. I think he was a redshirt freshman. Then he left for Kentucky, and then he's got to sit out this year. And, you, you know, he's going to be 21. I don't know. Hey, I'm guessing he's going to be 21, 22 years old, and he hasn't thrown a pass at college football yet. So I get it. You make the good point about Greg Sankey. Those aren't his rules. If the schools wanted them changed, they would change. Uh, what about players in previous years that were denied, but then Greg Sankey makes exceptions this year because of the pandemic? It's it's not an ideal situation. The thing that I don't like about it is that we're two days before game one, and it's a delayed game one in late September, and we still don't have these answers. Yeah. Especially with Gatewood. May, may, well, no, Mays too. They, they're both, they've both been around. You know, this is nothing new mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm, I'm just not feeling it, or whatever, all kinds of reasons. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it, because with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started, simple. Just go to GetRoman.com grits and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So again, go to GetRoman.com grits today. And if approved, you get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com grits. GetRoman.com grits. You know, I think... Uh this is going to be a weird season uh, for a lot of reasons, and I think people are, are also not thinking about the fact that, listen, players are going to be speaking out. They're going to have a bigger platform now um, on racism and the injustices that they see 
in the world far more often. You know, this was an off season that we've never seen before. And but the pandemic nearly shut down the season, so that's been a lot of the focus. But don't forget that in this very same off season, you know, weeks ago, months ago, for much of the last 5 months or so, we've seen players marching with their coaches. We've seen Kylan Hill essentially pushed the change of Mississippi State's uh, Mississippi's uh, state flag through with a tweet. It's more complicated than that, but you know if he doesn't sort of put that pressure, I'm not sure that that change happens. The fire has died down some, but I think if you're able to dismiss uh, all the talk about you know racism and its impact as as politics or you know virtue signaling signaling or all those things, that's, that's probably because it doesn't affect you very often. And I think there's a reason why this is a very personal issue for players. And there's a reason why you probably don't know any black people who've never been followed in a store or had an interaction with police that goes a lot different for uh, people who uh, are do not look like them or, or experience many of the other ways that racism often manifests. And, and if you can't see the connection between those things and, uh, and, and what people who look like me experience often and, and the killings this summer of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor, I'd argue that you're not listening enough and you know disagreeing with some of the platforms of of the Black Lives Matter organization does not give people an excuse i think to shrug off racism or say oh they're exaggerating or it's or it's not a big deal i mean it is it impacts people's lives and it impacts players lives and they're going to be talking about this and you know i think there's certainly going to be a lot of support but there's going to be a lot of detraction too and um i just think you know it's it's uh it's hard to see a lot of people who love these kids on Saturday and, and cheer them on, and when they start talking about things that impact them, they sort of just tune out. Um, you know, I think there's 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 a lot more people that are going to pay attention to what players are saying and hearing that, and they don't hear the same things from people that are that they deal with you know on a daily basis. And you know, if you think these things are are over you know overstated or not that big of a deal or don't really impact you, I, I would say. Look in your phone, scroll through your texts, scroll through your calls. How far back do you get before a black person shows up that you've talked to and you deal with and that you're friends with and that you've had conversations with? These things are real, and they're real in players' lives, and players are going to be talking about it and dealing with it. And I would just encourage people, instead of tuning out and saying, no, this is why you're wrong, this is why that, just listen. I think that would, I would encourage people to listen as the season starts. Yeah, very well said, David. And, and I know specifically Vanderbilt players. Derek Mason has given them the opportunity—a little nameplate on the the back, or a little plate on the back of their helmet. They, there's about six different social justice messages that they can they can choose. I think they they kind of agreed on them as a team, and so the players are gonna be, be wearing those. I don't don't know how visible yet they will be. I mean, obviously we'll be able to see them, but they're on the back of the helmet, and it's gonna force a lot of people, like you said, that don't really live in that world. They don't have to deal with that stuff if they're watching their favorite players on Saturday, it's, it's going to be, it's unavoidable. Uh, you know, maybe it's not in a post-game press conference, but you're watching a player and whether it's on the uniform or the nameplate on his, uh, a plate on his uh, helmet, it, it's going to be there. And it's going to force you to think about some things that you're probably not used to thinking about on a college football Saturday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, players have a platform. They're going to use it. Uh, and they've worked for it. And I hope again that people listen. That will do it for our Thursday show again, every single Thursday. Myself, Mitch Light. Mitch, thank you. I look forward to dedicating as many episodes as possible to the sole use of our uh, our pellet grill smokers. <laughs> Have I... I couldn't tell. Were you... Uh, uh, 
inspired at all by my my turkey suggestion or are you just like that's too boring for I, so i appreciate it and i'll have to think about it for thanksgiving my wife big time turkey person it's a little it's a little healthy for me i feel like i gotta go pork i gotta have that big fat yeah, back that, on there. you can sprinkle it in yeah you go pork maybe you're right the, the the pork butt once every two or three weeks <laughs> but i'm just talking about a tuesday night have you ever been to edley's in Nashville? i have not Okay, great barbecue place in Nashville. They have an amazing turkey that I get a lot when I go for lunch because I don't necessarily want to be eating a slab of ribs at 1130 on a Speak Tuesday. Yourself, Mitch. So I get this turkey <laughs> and it's fantastic. And I was like, how do they do this? And now I know how they do this. So not that I'm not going to go to Edley's again, but I, I feel like I can create what Edley's is doing in my backyard. That's inspiring. You may have turned me. I'm, I'm very intrigued. Try, just try it. I'm once. intrigued. You may, have, you may have won me over. Well, thanks again. Football and grits. Subscribe, uh, rate the podcast, give us a review. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. You can subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash grits. One dollar gets you through the door. We've got a lot of stuff. We'll have plenty of writers on. You can access this podcast ad-free. And, of course, we have hundreds of writers from San Francisco to the U.K., everything we've got a college football staff a whole bunch of people you're going to be well covered whatever you care about we've got you covered get access to all of it for one dollar thanks for listening thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys again yeah.